Hello and welcome to another edition of the People's Pitch Podcast, the 10th edition, so we've hit double digits. Uh, my name is John and I am here usually with Mr. Nathan Morales, however, he has decided not to show up today, not because he can't, but because life has gotten in the way and apparently things like picking your kids up from school on time and doing things around the house are a little bit more important, but you're going to have a whole lot of me today. So sit back and relax and get used to listening to my voice. As always, the People's Pitch Podcast is sponsored by Summit Beer. Summit is the official craft beer sponsor of the People's Pitch Podcast. They are celebrating three decades of brewing with a unique 30th anniversary concoction called the Us and Them. You should definitely stop on down for a tour to try out a beer. And if you already have plans when you're listening to this and it's just not cool enough to drink at 7 a.m., Feel free to visit summitbrewing.com to learn more. So as I mentioned, today I'm flying a little bit solo. Um, Like I said, Nate Nate has some things life-related that he has to take care of, and we're totally okay with that. But as far as what we're going to cover today, we're going to talk about a few things. One, the aftermath of last week's kit launch, where we did our first ever live broadcast. We're going to talk about how some trialists took on uh, two other teams and some scrimmages this past Sunday. Talk about a members-only scrimmage that is tonight. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, it would be Monday night. A little bit of loon coverage, and then I can't get away without a speed round. So I had my my co-host, Nate, send in a speed round, which he'll be emailing me shortly, so I won't have any idea of what the questions are going to be. So first off, let's talk about the kit reveal. Uh, For those of you who were there, the party was really awesome. You know, it was set out in, in the front room of Kieran's. Um, and, and we really just own the place as far as all the people that were there. Got a good chance to meet a lot of the fans, drink lots of great Summit beer, um, and brought a lot of energy downtown. Um, that So much energy, in fact, that the Twins were able to win their first game when we were down there. So if I were them, I would strike up an immediate partnership with Minneapolis City SC. But apologies if the audio sounded a little bit iffy from the location we're still trying to figure out how that works best but we were able to meet lee one of our members who so graciously threw his hat in the ring to be our audio source of editing so after this podcast uh, we might not be able to get it to him this time but we will be doing things a little bit more professional like so sounding like uh like we we own the place and we actually know what we're doing uh should make things better but as far as the kits go, um, let's talk about them a little bit. You know, we, we interviewed a few people, and they definitely had their opinions on, on what, the, what the jerseys were and what they looked like and how, how great they were. Uh, and the Twitterverse actually was, was relatively nice to us this time, which is unlike the Twitterverse. Usually we have a bunch of trolls telling us how terrible our decisions are. Um, however, this time, it seems as if we, uh, we maybe hit the nail right on the head. Um, and if you go back and listen to last week's podcast, you can you can hear some of the the, the reactions live from the event, um, as well as us in a little bit getting into some of the things that uh, that the Twitter Twitter said about us. So first off, let's talk about who wore what. So uh, we had four players that were in on the action. We had uh, right now both of our goalkeeper signings, Duncan Whirling and and. Uh, and Matt Elder, who were wearing the two goalkeeper jerseys. So the home goalkeeping jersey to, to match up with our, our home whites would be uh, Duncan wearing the all black, which for uh, 
Uh, a goalkeeper, you know, usually goalkeepers are are stuck wearing the fl- the flashy colors um, so that uh, when when ongoing attackers look up at the goal, uh, they definitely can't miss the keeper. Um, but the all black black shorts, black socks, and black black top was worn by Duncan. And then Matt wore uh, our long sleeve version, which is more of a Carolina blue. That um, that I thought was was rather sharp, and uh, you know, if you happen to have blue eyes, for those of you who are thinking about getting a, a jersey replica online, which we'll talk about how you can do that in a little bit, um, the light blue might actually be what you're looking for. But that was uh, that was paired with the the same black shorts and black socks, and then moving into what the what the actual field players were wearing, um, our home jersey, like I mentioned, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, was was white with black sleeves. So very true to the concept that many saw on the internet with uh, the logo of Minneapolis City kind of going over the left breast and uh, the PLA logo looking fairly sharp on the uh, on the right sleeve. And then a little bit of detail that we thought we'd throw in there, um, putting the City of Lakes on the back side of uh, just between the uh, the shoulder blades on the back end, which for some jerseys is a little bit different. If, if you're a, a fan of purchasing replicas like I am, most times that that little subtlety is on the inside of the jersey. So the only people really noticing it's there are those that are that are wearing the jersey versus um, those that are, are seeing it um, for face value uh, at, a, at a street level when you're walking by someone wearing the replica or uh, they're running by you on the field. And then to round it out, we had uh, our, our aways, which are our the, the number one jersey out of all four that are, that's getting the most publicity on the internet, which is uh, bright pink. So a lot of uh, contention in, in the inner workings of Minneapolis City talking about whether or not pink would be an acceptable color. And going through and interviewing the players ahead of time, asking their opinions, I, I think that you know they kind of hit the nail on the head that it, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of balls to wear pink. Um, especially on a soccer jersey, and what better way to roll into an opposing city and take three points when when wearing pink? And I like to I like to joke around and say that you know what what's the the color of a finely cooked steak and medium rare definitely is pink. So as far as the players are wearing them, Brian Chapman, one of our defenders, was wearing the the home jersey, and uh, and Nate Ingle was wearing the uh, the pink away. And as far as who wore it best, uh, you know, I thought they all looked great. But I'm gonna have to give it to Mr. Mr. Ingle for wearing the pink. He really made it look manly, um, not because he's six foot three and has tattoos on both arms, but really looked pretty sharp. And and pink can be uh, what some might say a feminine color, and that's okay. But he made it look uh, very intimidating. But as far as you know, not just my take on things or the or the take of the people that we interviewed at the event, let's uh, let's go around Twitter and and see what people were saying. And like I said. A lot of people had some problems with the logo that that our designer Trent designed and and had all these reservations as it doesn't have a doesn't have a bird or a lion in it and it you know it has nothing to do with soccer besides the fact that it says SC in it. Uh, for those of you who still think that, please turn the logo upside down and and recognize that it it very closely remember, uh, resembles a a patch of a soccer ball as far as shape is concerned and going with black and white the traditional colors of of the of soccer balls of past uh, really does align with the sport probably better than a bird or a lion so just going to throw that one out there folks but a lot of the reactions on twitter 
that went up against the the newest version of Trent's designs for the club, which would be our jerseys, uh, were, were, were pretty great. So at D Higgs Matzner13 said, I mean, let's be fair. Real men wear pink. Hashtag hipster's choice. I would happen to say, Mr. D Higgs Matt, Matzner13, that not just real men wear pink, uh, the right men wear pink. And in our case, the 18 that we're going to be rolling out on the road to play, uh, to, to fill out the roster to play against these, these other teams in the league, uh, they're the real men who, uh, who are going to be donning the pink. Uh, but thank you very much for, for your feedback. The next person was at Ballpark Hunter, who said, The Crows have released their uniforms and aren't afraid to wear pink. I think that kind of builds on what uh, what the previous uh, tweeter had put, that real men wear pink. We definitely aren't afraid to wear it. Uh, the color of the jersey and the, the style of a jersey um, is something that is unique to each individual organization or team. And, you know, some teams like Liverpool and Manchester United are always going to have red in their, in their jersey repertoire. Where coming out as a new organization, I think that the pink is sending a bold statement that we want to we want to make that uh, convention isn't always the best way to think about things and those that are successful and have been successful in any field whether it be sport industry or technology have been those that break convention you know if if Apple was trying to make the exact same commute computer back in the day or the exact same cell phone um, you know in hindsight you look back and think you know maybe they they had it right by doing something completely different so yes you are correct we are not afraid and. And uh, not only not afraid to wear pink, but not afraid to break convention. Um, at DDF Baker said, totally unbiased opinion, we are very attractive. I would definitely agree with that. We are very attractive. And that was before we put on any of the jerseys that look great. The next person was at NGS Hogs, who said, Hanover's new kits are pure fire. Yours are rad too, though. This, this particular person came from across the pond, so it looks like our radness is, is definitely making the, the swim over to, to Europe and getting known and, and showcasing what, what we're bringing to the, the, the same sport that they see on a day-in and day-out basis. The next came from our friends in Denver at the Flagoglast podcast, and they simply just said... Flagoglass, love those kits, exclamation point, exclamation point, with a thumbs up emoji, hashtag MPLS city. Well, we already know those guys are friends of ours because they had us on and, and they share the same values of supporting local and, and, and uh, lower, lower league soccer in, in the United States. But uh, I'm going to have to put you on blast, guys. The hashtag should have been MPLS city SC so that our fan base isn't going and finding the uh, the information located on Minneapolis City's homepage. And when I say Minneapolis City, I literally mean the city of Minneapolis. The next one comes from at Footy Americano, which Chairman Dan Hudeman just finished up having a, a, a great a great question and answer with those folks a couple weekends ago that just was recently posted online. So once again, a, a friend of the, the team in the podcast, but Footy America said, these are clean and I think that's an important thing to, to mention. It's not necessarily all about breaking convention, but sometimes simplicity showcases an, uh, a streamlined thought process versus having something that's too flashy. 
And I know you could say, too flashy. Well, pink is too flashy. However, I would say to you that it's really just a basic color. And regardless of the color, um, they're right. These designs and these, and these jerseys are very clean. Then we rounded out with at Rise AM, who said, MPLS City makes unorthodox design decisions look good. That shit's hot. There's not much to say about breaking that one down. I think Rise AM got it correctly. Unorthodox decisions is kind of what we're all about. We're all about breaking the convention, as I mentioned, and doing things our way. So that kind of rounds out what the, the Twitterverse was saying. If you have any additional comments you'd like to make about our, about our jerseys um, or in general, you can reach us on Twitter at, at MPLSCitySC, or you can reach out to myself at Johnny Business, J-O-N-N-Y-B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S, or at Mexinate, who is uh, how, to, how to get a hold of my partner who's not here today. Um, any one of us would be able to respond to your thoughts on the jerseys and provide any insight if, if you aren't getting what, uh, what you want from the descriptions that are already out there. Then I would also suggest that Twitter is not the only way that you can follow us. You can follow us on Facebook and our newly uh, uh, concepted uh, Instagram page where you can find out even more information, maybe in a different package that you could find on any other social media footprints. So that's about all I have to say about the, the jerseys. It seems as if, though, we may have caught lightning in a bottle with this, this pink color here. And it'll be interesting to see how it's, how it's taken throughout the summer as we, we travel to different locations wearing, wearing the pink jersey. But um, if, if I can paraphrase from, from a lot of these people, very attractive, rad, shit hot, uh, clean, I'd be okay with any one of those. So the next piece we're going to cover here is scrimmages. So like I mentioned, this past Sunday, uh, a group of trialists got together and, and played two matches against uh, two teams, two local teams in, in Minneapolis, um, one being the University of Minnesota's club team and one being uh, Minnesota United uh, or Minneapolis United um, under-18s. So as far as how the scrimmages go, first off, we must talk about the fact that we finally got to go outside. Thank you to the weather that... that graced us this weekend being in uh, almost 80 degree temperature but um, on top of that you know and on top of the fact that chairman Hudeman was able to bring his kids out and run around outside we won both games and that that's something to be said about the fact that we still have a group of trialists that might not know each other that well and new guys are kind of coming and going and we talked about a little bit on our last podcast that we had a round of cuts. So um, some familiarity still isn't there. And, and we know it's going to be one of our struggles as we move into really selecting this team. But overall, it was great to see the fact that, that the team was, was playing the possession uh, attacking style, both, both on offense and trying to keep the ball and attack, attacking with, with the ball with purpose as a unit um, on a field that was grass and not turf for the first time with knowing that, you know, coming off of the, the winter months here in Minnesota, the, the ground's not going to be settled yet and going to be flat. So it's going to be bumpy. So, so knowing that we were able to move the ball around and, and, and play our style of game on, on a, a dodgy pitch was uh, a good thing to see. Um, but also just understanding that, um, you know, we're, we're working towards getting our, our style of play, uh, kind of honed before we start seeing some of these college players coming back and and participating and getting into the mix. So uh, well done, boys. 
Um, if we're talking about scrimmages that were on Sunday, I also don't want to mention uh, a quick shout out to the members of Stegman's. Um, we had our Stegman's Cup, which is held annually as a preseason tune-up for our men's league season. And out of the six teams invited to this this year's Stegman's Cup, two of those being Stegman's teams uh, and, and the other four being other teams within the men's league, Stegman's Old Boys, the original flagship team that concepted uh, not only just the men's league side of everything, but also concepted the uh, the need for what we've created with Minneapolis City, uh, took home the title. So uh, not, to, uh, not to beat my own chest being a member of that team, but congratulations to newly appointed captain manager Daniel Warner, who those of you who are podcast regulars know he, uh, he was randomly chosen to do our speed round at our event last time. Uh, great job by him and great job by the players really putting together a, a complete weekend of three games and uh, taking the title. And and uh, it should also be noted that Coach Kicker, who is, coaches the, uh, the the top team here and the top amateur team in Minneapolis City, has also been training the Stegman's players throughout the winter. So the possession style of soccer that he's he's concepted with the coaching staff has translated down and, and been worked on by our, our men's league players, and it's working. So... It, I mean, personally, it, how can it not work when when you're raising the level of player and and we're we're going into the, the MPLS season with the, the uh, this great group of guys that we're putting together to take on uh, the the rest of the Midwest. And then, as far as today goes, uh, the members only scrimmage is tonight, which is Monday. So uh, we'll be able to to provide some feedback on how that went. Uh, I'm looking forward to to turning up tonight as as all other members are, are welcome to turn up tonight. Um, and also uh, perhaps take the podcast a little bit on the road and get some feedback uh, from some of the players as to how things are going and, and when the importance of these training matches and, and kind of how the match itself goes. But we're playing tonight against a, a band of mostly organized misfits. And, and I say that with all joking uh, aside, uh, they are some somewhat mostly organized as we're playing a, um, a, a team made up of Division three college players that play in the Mayak and and for for NCAA purposes we cannot say which which group of misfit uh, organized misfits we're playing against but this will be a different level of talent as um, as opposed to who we've been playing whether it be Minnesota Thunder Academy um, and Shattuck being DA teams where the 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 team is focused around a, a little bit younger of a demographic but um, but these guys are going to be a little bit more experienced. Um, they might actually even be made up of some players that have been in and out of trials before the NCAA rules kind of kicked in. So um, it'll be good to see what, uh, how we match up against uh, a more mature type of player and maybe um, a more mature, cohesive playing style um, from a perspective of these guys um, you know, playing at the college level versus playing at the DA level. So, like I said, we'll uh, we'll we'll try to come to you with uh, with a few a few reactions, and I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh, we will be having some reactions, and um, you know, really getting to know what what some of the players are thinking. Okay, I'm here at the West St. Paul Dome after the seven to one victory versus an undisclosed college team, and I'm here with defender Aaron Olson. Aaron, tell me how you thought today went. Today went much better than any of the other games we've had so far. Um, you know, it could have been the competition, but at the same time, I think we're all getting used to playing with each other, and uh, I think that showed out here. 
So tell me what was the difference between going down one nothing and then the onslaught of goals that happened. What 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 changed that, that made that work? Um, well, I think the lineup changed a little bit, but beyond that, I mean, you know, whenever you get scored on, it's either your team starts to go downhill or it goes uphill, and we chose to go uphill today, and um, I hope that that's kind of the theme that we build on is just kind of a uh, slaughter mentality, you know, one goal and let the floodgates open and we just keep scoring. So tell me what you're looking forward to as the season's about ready to start for this summer. Looking forward to uh, playing with Minneapolis on my chest. I mean, that's been a lifelong dream, man. Um, it's just semi-pro, but, you know, I think it's a great great opportunity for uh, the youth to come back to the state and uh, find a good stepping stone for players that are trying to make the jump up to a higher level and for some of the players that are maybe the windows closing a little quicker, uh, like myself, you know, at least get a little a shot at it at the end. So, What do you think about instead of semi-pro, professionally amateur? Professionally amateur. I like that. Yeah, put that ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for being on with us and uh, good luck this season. Thank you. Good evening to you too. Thanks. All right, so I'm here with Ryan Camerata, midfielder for Minneapolis City, after the seven to one victory over an undisclosed college team. Um, <laughs> Ryan, what, how do you think today went? Uh, it went pretty well. I mean, we're all just trying to get our touch, get our fitness up. So I mean, it was good to get some balls in the net, I guess, and get our confidence. Do you think that um, the formation switch at halftime was kind of what helped with getting the attack rolling? Yeah, I mean, I think having three in the middle really helped, especially uh, like Ian was sitting back and he did a really good job in there and we kept rotating guys in, so I think it helped us keep the ball. Outside of yourself, was there anyone that stood out today that uh, put in a good shift? Oh, well, Andy had two or three goals up there, uh, so he had a pretty good game. <laughs> yeah, Andy did. <laughs> a couple spin moves. <laughs> spin moves, yeah, a few rips. Maybe so. a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me, what are you looking forward to this season? Um, I mean, I played with a few of these guys before, but just getting to play with some new guys, uh, high level, you know, I'm excited. Is there a, a team on the schedule that you're looking forward to uh, to playing against? Uh, probably just the United Reserves, just because they're, you know, right here. It's kind of a natural rivalry. We right. played them in past years with our, our uh, international squad and, you know, lost to them by a little bit. But we got a better squad, obviously, here with Minneapolis City. So. Right. Well, screw those guys, right? Yeah, looking forward <laughs> to beating them. All right. Well, thanks very much for being on. Good game today. Thanks. All right. Thanks. So I mentioned beforehand, before we got going here, that we're going to talk a little loons. And when I say a little loons, it's going to be just a little piece. Um, like we said, we support local soccer at any level. Um, they won their home opener this past weekend against Fort Lauderdale 3-0. And uh, big congrats to the organization and to the team, um, as well as the supporters group, both the Dark Clouds and the True North Elite. I know we had uh, two, two of the three founders, uh, myself discluded, uh, that went and stood in the, uh, in, in the, uh, the True North Elite's uh, supporter section and had a great time and and regardless of which supporters group that you're you're part of or which faction you uh you fly the flag for um great job by both organizations um and as well as the the, the parent organization to uh to put on a great event and and really continue that momentum that uh that picked up even even faster as the mls announcement was made and and the subsequent announcement of the of the new stadium but as always the reserve team can totally suck it Okay, so the final segment that I have here is the, the famous speed round, and I was kind of talking as slow as I could that, um, about all the other topics that we're going to cover today so that I could anticipate the email coming through from, from Nate to, uh, and, uh, 
I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous now. I know how the other guys feel that have been on the podcast as far as not knowing what you're supposed to answer when uh, when these speed round questions come in here. So um, I have not seen them yet. I I have just opened the email, um, but at, as always, uh, I'm going to ask myself: uh, Are you ready? Would you like to take a break? Do you need to stretch? Uh, you need any water? Or can we dive right in? Uh, good question, John. Uh, I am ready. So the first question is. Who would star you in a movie about your life? Um, I would have to say that uh, if I could choose anyone, uh, at my, in my younger years, I was uh, told I looked like um, like a more mature version of Haley Joel Osmond, um, not because I have some sort of weird I can see dead people thing, but uh, mostly that uh, when we were when we were childs. Uh, child stars, even though I wasn't really a child star, uh, we we both kind of looked alike. So I would say Haley Joel Osmond. Um, the next one, you have to start a career on FIFA with bottom tier team and build up to the Champions League. Who do you pick? Um, it, it's tough for me to say that I, I would go with anyone outside of my homeboys in uh, the second Bundesliga and that would be FC Kaiserslautern due to my, my ties to the organization. The next question. China says they won't uh, they won't be a player in soccer by 20 or they will they want to be a player by a player in world soccer by 2050. What would it take to get you to start watching Chinese league soccer? Uh, that's a great question. I would say that I'm probably not going to pay a lot of attention to it. Uh, mostly because of the fact that it's just another league to pay attention to and to, to get behind. Uh, I do feel like the influx of talent that they've just been signing and taking away from the maybe the top-tier teams in, in the Champions League um, or even just the, the domestic leagues in Europe, um, kind of poaching some of those players that maybe have been transferring from a mid-level uh, you know, Italian team to... Uh, a top tier Italian team, or maybe somewhere in France um, at a top tier. So I would say um, I really don't care much about Chinese league soccer. I, I wish them the best as a league, but not really my uh, my bag of tricks. The next question: You wake up one day to find you can only say one two word phrase, and you'll only be able to say those two words for the rest of your life. For example, "shut up" or "hit me." <laughs> uh, what would your phrase be? Uh, for those of you who are close to the Stegman faction, uh, I would have to say the words of my, my good friend Tommy McCarthy, and that would be handball ref. In your opinion, who is the most underrated Manchester United player of all time um, or over, overrated? Uh, uh, I'll split that into two. I think the most underrated Man U player of all time would have to be uh, Henrik Larsson, and I say that because Henrik Larsson carved out just the most impeccable career in Scotland, playing with Celtic, and then uh, moving over to Spain and playing in Barcelona. But a lot of people forget about the the fact uh, that Henrik Larsson was loaned to Manchester United um, in the uh, the early two thousands uh, for a short loan spell after the winter break, and actually was the driving force behind some very big victories where he came on as a substitute and scored 
Um, not a lot of goals, but a handful of goals that were crucial to taking points off of the top tier that actually pushed them into the title race. Um, and unfortunately, he wasn't even eligible that year to play in the Champions League. Um, however, he uh, he had to go back to his parent club before the season was over. So I would say underrated in that in a small window, he actually gave the most impact of any player in recent memory. Um, as far as overrated, um, I think you have to go, uh, you know, in, in recent history, let me think here, um, perhaps it would have to be Anderson. I think uh, the Brazilian came in highly regarded and, and everyone thought that he was going to kind of supplant Paul Scholes as that midfield dynamo, the tough tackling, um, under control with the ball, um, you know, long ball spring center midfielder and just really didn't live up to any part of that. Um, and, you know, good luck to him and kudos to him for, for being early touted as a, as a, the next big thing. But, uh, looks like his chips didn't fall, fall where uh, he thought they were going to fall or the organization. So the next question is Cocoa Puffs or Cocoa Pebbles? I'm going to go Cocoa Pebbles. And then it's tricks or lucky charms, and I'm going to go lucky charms. So I'm going to go then Cocoa Pebbles or Lucky Charms. Uh, wow. Those are really actually my two favorite cereals um, outside of Cinnamon Life, which wasn't on this uh, this question here. So I'm going to say Lucky Charms. Okay, next question. You've owned a number of soccer boots in your life. How many pairs are currently in your boot room? And what's your favorite you've worn and any you've never worn? Uh, plenty I've never worn. Um, I have 29 pairs. Um, and my favorite pair that I've worn um, from a I, – I, it's hard. I have two, um, two that come to mind. I think um, – Oh, if I had to select one or two, um, I would select number one would be um, the Umbro Speciali, which was discontinued for a long period of time and then recently continued uh, in a kind of a shell of its former self. Um, but uh, those things were like putting putting a layer of butter on your foot and uh, and then sliding into a nice comfy pair of slippers, uh, which is great when it comes to uh, a shoe perspective because they, they fit just right. They never hurt your feet right out of the box. Um, quality kangaroo leather, which is something that you don't find a lot of uh, right now. Uh, let's see here. Best soccer pitch you've ever played on? Um... I've had the opportunity to play on a few overseas, um, which atmospherically were untouchable by anything I've ever played on here. But I think my favorite field that I've ever played on, um, not because of the the individual ground, which was taken was 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 well taken care of, but I'd have to say um, to to the, our our, uh, our enemies of the East, um, the Bavarian club, the the stadium that we're actually going to be playing in. The Bavarian Club Stadium uh, was one of the best grass fields I've ever played on, um, being taken care of by old German guys um, throughout the, the the warm months in Wisconsin. They did a great job of it, and it was the first stadium experience I ever had as a youth player um, at, at uh, that quality. I mean, going to youth tournaments and, um, for example, playing in you know in Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Um, Bush Soccer Stadium before it was um, the name changed, or um, playing at a few universities. I really liked how compact that stadium was and how old school it was 
It's uh, surrounded by the Milwaukee River on one side, and on one end it's got uh, an old German beer hall. It's just a really cool place, and I'm excited for for us to, to come down on the 21st and, and take it over and, and make it our own. It says, this weekend, this someone described me, uh, me being Nate, my co-host, as a cross between Bernie Sanders and Danny DeVito's Penguin. I thought that was a pretty sick burn. If you were roasting me, who... Who would you describe, or uh, how would you describe me? I would say um, a mixture between a really cool version of Drew Carey, uh, picking up on the on the fact that you both wear glasses, and a funnier version of Carlos Mancia. So a uh, mixture between a cool Drew Carey and a funnier Carlos Mancia. And then finally. Who is the player you'd mo- most like to just run into the ground in the middle of the field? Uh, I don't think there's any question if you're a podcast listener that I would really, really like to just plant stakes in the feet of uh, Mr. Kyle Beckerman, who I still believe, despite his performance ratings with the United States national team, there has to be a better person out there. And I feel like if he saw me coming, he would, uh, he would. <laughs> I know he would take me uh, for granted, and I would uh, I would definitely be going full into that 50-50 challenge. So there you have it. I went through a very unorthodox speed round provided by my co-host via email today. Thank you for that, Nate. Uh, I really appreciate it. It was tough, um, and especially not knowing what to expect before I hit record here. Um, that's... <laughs> It's uh, thank you very much, and I, I hope I, I did the the speed round justice. Um, but to close everything off here, uh, next week we'll have a little bit more of an in depth recap of how things went with the the, the members only game. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be talk. Uh, we we talked to some of the folks who played in the match, and those uh, those tidbits were kind of woven in and out of this podcast. Um, but also, don't miss. The action of Minneapolis City around town. Um, you know, we're going to be going to more watch parties and and uh, aligning ourselves with anyone we can locally who likes soccer uh, to give us a shot and come out and and try try out a uh, a Minneapolis City game this year. So don't miss uh miss miss us when we're 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 jumping in and out of places like the local and and Brits and and the Nomad, as well as when we're we're at places like Minneapolis or Minnesota United games. Feel free to seek us out. We'll we'll definitely always be having some form of Minneapolis uh, SC gear on, so you can point us out. But doing so in a very calculated way to to also not undermine the fact that we we support the the loons as our our, our top tier um, friend in soccer in the in the community. But for more details of how to find out where we're going and and how to follow us, um, you can always go to our website which is mplscitysc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at, at mplscitysc, um, or you can stalk uh, myself or Dan or, or Nate or, um, or whoever um, whenever you see us, or you can Google search our names, and I'm sure you'll be able to find out how to get a hold of us. We also destroyed, like we've said a couple times, our, fifth, our, member of having, or our goal of having 50 club members. Thank you very much to those of you who have uh, have paid the membership fee. So those of you who haven't, go buy one. You not only get tickets to all the home matches, um, also 
getting tickets to the away match at the Bavarian Club included in that. Um, so that's seven games where you're going to get to watch us this summer. You get a membership-only scarf, and you get a voice in all club-related matters. You become part of the organization. And for year one, I've said it before, get in while you can. Um, it's going to be a coveted position to be a member as we move into the, the next years of, of this club. But prices did go up. Uh, but I'm sure if you inquire through any one of the channels that we've, we've already told you you can connect with us on, um, there are some discount opportunities available. Um, please reach out to us. But otherwise, hit us up. And once again, thank you, Summit. Summit is the official craft beer sponsor of the People's Pitch Podcast. They are celebrating their 30th anniversary. If you haven't ever or you have plans to, definitely stop down to the brewery and fill up your stomach with some tasty suds. Or check them out online at summitbrewing.com. And you can, like I mentioned before, hit us up with any questions you want, uh, or if you have any comments or just general concerns about what we're doing, um, hopefully there are none, at mcscpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at mplscitysc. You can reach Nate at Mexinate or myself at Johnny Business, J-O-N-N-Y-B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S. That's two N's, two Z's, and two S's. And if you were listening to last, last week's podcast, we actually had on the lead singer of our house band, Paul Shanfelt from Go Get Em Tiger, who is soon to release new music. And they told us, they promised us that it would be coming. Um, they, they, as usual, they take us away uh, as we end the show. But uh, they've also inquired about uh, maybe, maybe uh, dialing up a, uh, in studio a little intro music for us outside of what we've currently used. So uh, look forward to that coming in the not-too-distant future. But as always, uh, they leave us with Kicks on a Wire. I have been John running solo. It was awesome to talk to all of you by myself, uh, even though I miss my co-host. But I, I appreciate you listening to my voice for this long extended period of time and uh, the brevity at which uh, we, we had the podcast today and the insights and, and just sweet knowledge I dropped on you. Thank you and have a great listening experience. <laughs>